Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only Monk Rewatch podcast that contains every single other thing in the entire world other than Funkin'. I am one of your co-hosts, Jake Christie, longtime Monk fan, first-time caller. No. Uh, and I'm joined by my co-host, uh, you know, some, a guy who's going through Monk for the first time, experiencing the greatness of the show for the first time, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Jake, I'm great. I'm great. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. All right. I'm ready to go as well. And we're here to talk about what I think, personally, pers- this is just me speaking, is a great episode, the season two premiere, Mr. Monk Goes Back to School. Now, before we talk about that, something important changes in season two. Um, any Monk fan knows this. They change, <laughs> they change the theme song. And I know, Andre, you talked about how you really liked the first season theme song. Um, yeah, it makes me happy. And so I want to hear, what, what what's your opinion on It's a Jungle Out There, written and performed by Randy Newman? Listen, I think that song is horrible. Um, secondly, okay, I'm not the biggest Randy Newman fan. Like, I, I respect him, and, like, you know, he does a lot of things for a lot of people. But really, the only reason I ever cared about him is because he has that tremendous I Love L.A. song, which plays at the end of every Laker-Dodger game uh, when you're attending. Uh, but aside from that... Just doesn't do it for me. I mean, I I don't mind like the new video like action, like you know how it shows mm-hmm. clips from the first season. That's cool, but the song it just it doesn't put me in the right. I'm gonna be frank. Right state. When I first heard it come on, I smiled because this is pure, completely honest. My thought was like, okay, this is Monk now. Like this, because that song just puts me in a space, a time and place of on a Sunday when USA Network was showing a Monk marathon, just sitting there, you know, mom's making dinner in the kitchen and she's looking over at the counter. We're watching Monk. I mean, it I just puts me there, man. I don't know. Uh, All it, right. I mean, fair enough. I mean, and honestly, I want to know, uh, you know, tweet at us and wherever, contact us and so on. Tell us what you think about the theme songs because I imagine that there was some uh no, hold on hold on just put a poll pull up put a poll up all right i'll put a poll up on twitter uh at strictly munkin and you can vote what you prefer um yeah because i think that it is uh, as i noted in the first episode that the season one well basically it's a jungle out there was written before monk even went to series but for some reason or another i forget why i looked it up but i don't remember off the top of my head they didn't use it for the first season theme song and that first season theme song uh what uh, won the Emmy for best theme song, and then when they changed it to "It's a Jungle Out There." I mean, but no, no, listen. Then when they changed it, "It's a Jungle Out There." It's a Jungle Out There also won the Emmy for best theme song. <laughs> Fuck. It's the yeah. only show ever to win the Emmy for best theme song twice. Because um, I believe you only can win it in your first year of a uh, theme song being on a show. Anyway. Wait, what? What won last year? I don't know. It's like it's done at the Creative Arts Emmys. Why would I know? I wonder if Succession won. Uh, well, no, Succession was, was older than like, just last year. Uh, like, no, no, I know, but like I'm just... I don't know what it would have been last year. Because you could only win it once, you said. I, th- I believe so, yeah. Uh, true Detective, probably. I don't know. No. The only the only True Detective theme song deserved to win an Emmy was uh, the first one. And I think that that's an original... Uh, not an original song. No so. way. Se- season 2 was the best one. The Leonard that Cohen is, one. That is ludicrous. That, that oh, song is great. not good at all. Are you kidding me? Never mind. <laughs> I was on the Dude, that song kicks ass. Oh my god. I, I, actually, I genuinely could not disagree more. Um, <laughs> see. I guess it, I can't find the best theme song. I don't know. I looked up the Creative Arts Emmys uh, and I could not um, 
find it. Let me. Oh, main title music. Oh, nope. Succession did win. It did win. Bam. So you're right. Congratulations, Andre Barrera. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, we're here to talk about Mr. Uncle's Back to School. Uh, an episode that I mentioned at the end of the last episode is in my top ten, if not top five. But Andre, well, I, this is, I want you to talk. What did you think of Mr. Uncle's Back to School? I really liked this episode. Um, I gave it a, a high score, a pretty high score. Um, not better than like ones from last season, but it's a solid season premiere. And it, you know what? Like, just like how uh, you know the season finale last year didn't feel like a season finale, this one very much felt like a season premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the new theme song, like the production value seems to be better. Um, and then like the location, wherever they filmed it, like it seemed to be legit. Uh, San Francisco or Bay Area. Yeah, it's not, a not it's San a good Francisco, location. Like Bay Area. It's a really nice location, um, and you know it definitely doesn't look like Toronto or Vancouver or whatever. Um, but yeah, I love this episode because I think it has a lot of uh, my favorite monk moments, um, and we'll get to them as we go through it. Uh, but the episode starts off with uh, Derek Philby and Beth Landau, Beth you be Beth Landau, making out in a car. Derek Philby is of course played by. Uh, 80s uh, star Andrew McCarthy. Oh my McCarthy. god! What are your thoughts? Like, the second, the second I saw his face, I'm like, okay, this is the murderer. <laughs> like that's it. Yep. I knew it. Yeah, I feel like there's a certain uh, like you could draw a straight line from being like a teen bro comedy star in the 80s to then being a murderer on a TV show in the early 2000s because like all those dudes who were like bros in the 80s all grew up to be like you know assholes who murder people <laughs> like it kind of, kind of be like oh yeah that makes sense um but yeah. yeah absolutely and so he's you know fooling around with her and you know you find out through the conversation that uh he has a wife and that beth is insistent that he tell her you know um because she just can't keep doing this you know and then you re- learn she's an english teacher um this is important information you need to know and he says that he's gonna do it he's gonna tell his wife and if you've watched any shows about anything ever, you know there's a 0% chance in hell that he's telling his wife. Right. No, yeah, I mean, okay. And that's, like, to the credit of this episode, like, you knew from Jump what what was going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's still a really good episode, I gotta say. Yeah, and so we then cut to the school. It's, uh, you know, in the morning, and uh, it seems desolate and empty, and we go into a classroom where uh, Derek Philby is administering the SATs, um, and then there's a bang, and a car alarm starts going off, and uh, the theme song comes in, and uh, so you, you can put two or two together, she's dead. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely a very interesting way to do it, because like, you know, if I remember correctly, oh yeah, well, you know, you see the car, you see the body hit the car, and then it goes to the theme song. Yeah, you see it's her, yeah. you see it's yeah. her. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's great, though, in that um, with a lot of the episodes where the theme of it is th- you know the guy did it, but he couldn't have done it, right? That with most of them, you just hear that he had an alibi, but I like in this one that you are seeing him not there at the same time, right? So, like, you're put in the same position. Yeah, um, yeah it was, like, similar to the Dale the Whale episode in that mm-hmm. way, like, where you see... Uh, you know, someone that looks like... Well, I mean, yeah. it's a little different, but... Well, like, it, it would be like if you, 
it would be like if you saw Dale the Whale in his bed and you heard the 911 call say it's right. Dale Bidenbeck. Because, like, how the hell did he do that? He couldn't have possibly um, done it. Now, uh, yeah, also, I don't know about you, but I definitely got a uh, flashback to taking the SATs. Um, not that they were hard, but that uh, one of them, I had bad stomach pains, and I'm like, I might shit myself during the SATs. Um, would have been a bad scene, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's funny because, like, um, as I as I watch all these episodes with my girlfriend, who is not from the United States, uh, she was just like, oh, like, what, what is this, blah, blah, blah. And I just told her, I'm like, yeah, you know, it was different back then, like, because when I took the SATs, it's different from yours. Like, my my SAT was, like, a 1600 scale. Yeah. I'm sure well, it's back like to. A... It's back to. Basically, it was, like, there was, like, a 10-year thing where it was uh, 2400. And so it, you, I think, were at the tail there's end. Like an essay, right? Uh, there's an essay and also another, like, English portion that went towards it. Um, the essay itself wasn't what contributed to the other 800. The essay was, like, half of the other 800. And then there's another, like, gram- not grammar-based, but, like, writing-based. I don't know. In any event, uh, yes, I was in the... It sucks that they turned it back because now there's just like uh, you know people who were who took the SAT for like twelve years who now don't know how to compare themselves to other people and by that I mean of course they do you just need to divide it a couple times so um, yeah yeah the SAT uh, definitely uh, not 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 a pleasant thing to take um, anyway uh, I didn't mind it I mean it thing is I didn't mind it I just there's no way to say it. like it was just tedious it's like you know. I, the stuff, uh, the only part that was difficult a little bit was the math part, and then everything else was like, you know, uh, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, for me, I, I test very well for everything. It's everything else that I'm terrible at, like the homework stuff. I mean, so in, I don't yeah. mind it. I test very well as well. I also was, I very much hate the fact that real life is not like school because I was very, very, very good at school. In every facet. <laughs> it was definitely the thing. I bet you were. I bet you I, were. It's definitely the thing that, and it, it just, and it, I swear, it was not because I worked hard. It was just because it was all easy. In any event, uh, that should be surprising to no one who's ever heard me speak for more than five seconds in any topic. Anyway, we cut to, after the theme song, Monk and Sharona are playing chess. Um, and Monk's, of course, adjusting the pieces. And uh, Sharona, who's frustrated, uh, decides to play dirty and prevent Monk from uh, taking a queen. Literally. How does she do that? Hey, yeah, how does she do that literally? Uh, she starts, uh, she starts uh, like putting the pieces in her mouth. Specifically, I think the queen or something? Correct, because Monk is know, trying to like take that. the queen. And my question is, Monk, just grab the piece by the bottom. Come on. She only licked the top of it. She didn't put the whole thing in her mouth. Because it would be weird if she did. Right. But also, she's probably the closest to the cleanest person he could probably ever know right that is true although everyone's saliva is dirty in ocd terms um touching stuff with your hands is the main ocd thing that i deal with and i can tell you that the rules are not it doesn't actually matter how clean something is if so in someone's mouth like i couldn't touch that um but uh but also yeah but also yeah but also right now doesn't he okay like i know you mentioned that you'll thank me later is like uh one of his things yes there's a lot of... This is the first usage of it. I think he uses like two or three times in this episode, so I'm starting to see the pattern. No, he uses... You, uh, you thank me later in Mr. Monk and the Billionaire Mugger when he cuts all the flowers to the same length. Um, right, but like once, right? Right, this right, is right, like right. Where he starts yeah. to use it more, it seems. Yes. He has three catchphrases. He has, you'll thank me later, um, uh, and if I'm wrong... Gift and a curse. But yeah, yeah, gift and a curse, obvious. And then and it, uh, the least used one is, and if I'm wrong, dot, 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 which, comma, I'm not, is probably the third one. Um, 
which they're not really catchphrases because they're just, I mean, they're not, like, super funny or anything like that. They're just, like, they're realistic catchphrases because I feel like people in real life have phrases that they repeat a lot. That It's not like he's saying, like, dynamite. You know, he's saying things that people might actually say. Yeah. Um, Damn, I wish he would. <laughs> is he going to pull out a dynamite? <laughs> Um, that would be sick. Yeah, and then, uh, so they get a call. Uh, well, Sharona gets a call, and it's from someone named Arlene Cassidy, who's apparently friends with Trudy Monk. Wait, also, Sharona, oh, like, accuses Monk of sexual harassment. On the pieces, which isn't that unfair. I mean, if the pieces were beings that could be sexually harassed, he definitely was fondling them. I'm, I mean, tell me he wasn't. She put him in her mouth! No, no, that's true. That is true. Oh, wow, you're right. You're right, you're right. So, like, I mean... Yeah, he's definitely not nearly like he's still no, he's still bad. He's still canceled for it, right? But like she might go to yeah. jail. Like she's like Harley Weinstein and he's like Louis. Um, anyway, um, that's wrong. Um, so they get a call from Arlene Cassidy, who is a friend of Trudy's from back in the day, and um, they went to the same school. Yes, went to the same school, and she wants to hire Monk, and so they get to the school and uh, they. Um, you know, first they park in the handicap spot, which Sharona makes a joke of, like, it's good for, you know, you, you qualify. Some poor schmuck, I don't know what I say, schmucks are handicapped, couldn't get a spot because Monk <laughs> is a little messed up in the head, so it's, hand- oh, come on, come on. Yeah, I know, come on. That's just rude. Yeah, terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, you know, get to the school, they talk to the groundskeeper, and Monk excitedly asks if he knew Trudy Ellison. Oh. Yeah. But he's also like, okay, so I like how they throw in this little thing to make him look like a scumbag because he's having like a self oh, right, conversation, yeah, yeah, going yes. over, mm-hmm. going over like point spreads mm-hmm. and some. Yes, some he like wants Michigan. He wants, but he also wants to bet on Michigan. Correct, but also that's my guy Jamie McShane. Um, he always plays a scumbag. He was like, uh, he was in Bloodline, and I, I want to say he was in Sons of Anarchy when I actually still he was that show. he was yes he's definitely yeah. a that guy. He is a very much yeah, a that guy. He is that, and he yes. you're right. He always plays a scumbag. Like if his character yeah. isn't explicitly making bets on the phone, you know he's doing it off screen. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I once I saw his face, I was like, okay, somehow he's gonna be involved down the line. Yeah, and like, and involved in so far as like he's, you know, spoiler alert, he's willing to get help a guy get away with murder to pay off gambling debts. <laughs> yeah. Which, all right. I mean, the show doesn't deviate from you know common practices. No. Um. But I mean, don't. I mean, gambling debts are nothing to fool around with. Anyway. Um, so they, uh, ask if he, you know, saw anything happen, uh, and he said no, which is notable because that's a lie. Um, right. Hugh Mori sound effect of, and that was a lie. Just kidding. I'm not going to send the time to do that. Um, and so then they end up meeting with Arlene who, you know, explains the case and there's a great shot I love where they're walking on cobblestones and Monk walks awkwardly, uh-huh. did not step in any cracks. Um. Great, great stuff. <laughs> just a great visual joke, and it's it's a great monk joke because there's no like Adrian. What are you doing? It just he just does it. <laughs> yeah, no, I almost want to go back to season one and see if he deviated from the plan. Yeah, I catching plot holes. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I definitely do. Tr- I mean, I'm not compulsive about it, but I do try not to step on cracks just for my own. Same. Especially you know if you're walking in New York alone, like there's only so much you can do to keep your mind occupied. Like you kind of it's it's. It's, you know, an easy yeah. thing to do. It's like, I, if I'm going to be walking, I might as well try. Um, but in any event, they, uh, we cut to the top of the clock tower where uh, Stoudemire and Dish are up there. And this is, I think, a great example of why nice Stoudemire is so much better than mean Stoudemire. Because when Stoudemire learns that Monk 
is there because it was Trudy's, Trudy's old friend is like the vice principal. In season one, a lot of it, he would be like, oh, I hate this. Where like, instead he's like more than happy. He's like, you know, let's just make sure we didn't screw up, but like, we'll let him up here. You know what I mean? It's just so much easier and it's not, it, there's just less friction where there doesn't need to be. You know what I mean? I did like that. Yeah, no, of course. But I also did not like that he uh, took the case or took the investigation uh, basically pro bono. Yes. Oh, like, yes. Come he's, on, man. Yeah, I, he's he's not good at uh, business. Um, although I imagine he probably will get some type of fee from the police because he's they ended up ruling it a homicide. In any event, uh, that's true. Not not that's what he was expecting to do, but it's yeah, it, he definitely should have taken money. I mean, like if if you do a service for a friend that like is a, is what you normally do in your day to day work, you, you know you should probably pay him. Yeah. In any event, um, the cops think it's a suicide. Um, honestly, no, there's no reason not to think it was a suicide, you know? She, uh, she was, seemed to be alone, uh, when she fell, and, uh, everyone was inside and taking the SATs, and her clothes were folded, and there was a suicide note. Um, and yeah, you know, why, why not? She, you know. Yeah, the only problem being here, Jake, is that, uh, the suicide note was like super vague, and on top of that, it like had Correct. bad grammar. Yes, and she's she an English teacher. She's an English teacher. Yeah, that so, yeah that that gets monks antennas up. Correct. Now the the it's one I think is egregious. Like Derek Philby needed to really do some work there. The whoever and whomever that I think is I think they should have taken away the it's one because I think that that's an easy like where it's kind of like you're just a bad killer if you don't make your English teachers like suicide note. The whoever and whomever yeah. that one is actually a hard distinction. So. I liked. I, I would have preferred if it was more specific than just like an obvious grammar mistake, because yeah, like even if even if Stamon and Disher were not going to use that as enough evidence to say it wasn't a suicide, the fact that it gives them no pause whatsoever, it's like come on. Also, if you're using a word processor in 2003, it will correct that. <laughs> it's, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, and just coincidence that she happened to land on Derek Philby's car. Uh, mm-hmm. which had its alarm on, and the door is unlocked. And uh, real coincidence. It's a safe neighborhood. It is. I mean, it is a safe neighborhood. I don't know if I would leave my car doors unlocked anywhere, just because why would you ever do that? It's an unforced error. But if you're going to, a parking lot of, like, a fancy private school in a, really, in a safe neighborhood is not the worst place. <laughs> but also, like, what kind of a like car alarm can you set when your doors are still unlocked? I honestly don't know. I went to uh, college in New York, and I have not owned a car, so I couldn't tell you. Um, Ever in your life? No, I have not. No. Oh, wow. No. Uh, But that's a long story that uh, I can get into some other time, not on the podcast. It's actually not a long story. It's mostly, you know, just... We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for Mr. Monk goes to the DMV. There's actually Mr. Monk gets stuck in traffic, so we might end. We might. Uh, I might circle okay, back. Okay, all, right. um, all right. But anyway, uh, yeah. There's there's suicide note, and Monk is not buying it. He also likes to shoot. There's a bunch of like little inconsistencies, but I think the thing that's important to keep in mind is whenever Monk notices these things, that like if you're the police, I really don't blame them for being like, we're not gonna hold up. We're not going to say that something's a homicide because of a, a grammar mistake in a suicide note. That's not enough evidence to, you know, to, to rule that. Right. Because it, yeah, it's, it's a big you. deal to call something a homicide. Yeah, no, especially like in a, like in a neighborhood like that, you don't want to yeah. tarnish the reputation. Mm-hmm. So after looking at the car, 
they go into the teacher's lounge where uh, Derek Philby and two other teachers are, you know, talking about how surprised they are about Beth Landau. And uh, let's first talk about the monk gag in the scene, uh, which I think is a funny one, uh, where there's uh, decaf and regular coffee on an uh, old school coffee maker, like a coffee machine, a diner coffee machine. And he mixes the uh, regular into the decaf. He's trying to level it out. Yes, he's trying to make yeah, them he's even. To level it out. And uh, I think the reason why this thing is funny to me is because. No- Philby's the one who reacts to it, really, and he's not like impatient. He's like amused by it, which I think is much more. Yeah. It's not as an, it's not like irritating. It's kind of like, but you're mixing them together, but they're even out. But you're mixing them together, <laughs> but they're even out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes on. Um, and so you know he talks to Philby, and uh, you know basically Philby's like he didn't really know her, yada yada yada. And the reason he parked his car there is because he was looking to take a run in the fields, the athletic fields after uh. You know, proctor the SAT. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because he apparently did not park in the faculty parking lot. He Correct. parked it, like, in a, in, a, in a weird area. He parked near the athletic fields. Which, once again, like, the thing is, the, yeah. the, 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 the thing to play devil's advocate, even though we do know that Derek Philby did murder this woman, that it's, like, it isn't out of the realm of possibility that if someone wanted to take a jog after proctoring the SATs, they would park their car by the athletic fields because they would rather not have to go back to the staff parking lot after taking a jog. Like, it's it's not, like, all, I think that the thing that's good about this is that none of them are, that, like, none of these individual clues are enough for Monk to see a full picture. Like, it's, it's, it's all these things are slight inconsistencies, but what's not a slight inconsistency, it was, well, I mean, it, it's slight inconsistency, but that, uh, um, there's two things that happen. One, Derek, Philby, but I don't know if you call him best full name, asks what was on the suicide note, which is a big red flag. And why, right. why is because that? No, no one ever mentioned that there was a suicide note, period. And the thing that I like about that this episode does is that it uses crime show, like, um, tropes as, like, a it plays on expectations because I think if you were to just watch TV, you would think that like ninety five percent of suicides had suicide notes. Like and that's like a such a famous like every suicide in anything except for like Romeo and Juliet has a suicide note. Um, but it is true. I think like twenty five percent of cases are the, have suicide notes. Um, and so that's interesting. But also one of my favorite clues in all of Monk, and it's something that I've always hoped that I'd catch in the wild and I have not caught that Monk f- realizes that Philby is cheating on his wife. How does he realize that? Okay, yeah, I didn't get this uh, because there was an indentation. So basically, all right, I'm going to show you. It, with his uh, wallet, I don't have... Uh, oh, okay. okay, I got you. So outlined inside of the wallet, you see like a little ring, right? Yes, because exactly, because he takes it out. Yeah, exactly. So like, for example, okay. I have in my wallet, this is really great for, for podcast media, I have, for some reason, I kept since like sophomore year of college a memory card for a camera a in my wallet, right? No, it, it, this is what the joke of, this is what I'm pointing out, right? I kept this in my wallet. Now, if you look on my wallet, I have the indentation that looks like the tiniest condom in the world if you look in the right light, and it's from that memory card. Ooh. That's my point. So that if you keep anything hard in your uh, in your wallet for long wallet. enough, it will create an indentation. So, uh, yes. Um, okay, okay, then. I, yeah, so that's totally. what I I Because I didn't, I didn't actually see, because I was mm-hmm. writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't see the indentation, and it was quick. Yeah. 
And so they end up leaving there. And I think the thing I love about this episode so much that it has in it is that I love the scene where he's walking with Shrona and Monk's like, he's the guy. And Shrona's like, he couldn't have done it. It's like, yes, but he's the guy. Um, Anytime Monk is like, anytime there's even like, because this is probably the most spelled out example of it, but anytime there's the bit where Monk is insistent that someone is the guy and the other person is responding that they can't be the guy. That's the essence of, like, Monk and most great mysteries to me is, not great, not all of them, but, like, the, a typical great Monk mystery is, I think when Monk is at its best, is when Monk knows that someone did something, but he needs to find out how. And this is, like, that's, like, you know, the end of Act 1, and it's so explicitly set out, like, okay, Monk knows for sure that Derek Philby did it, and the rest of the episode is going to be him finding out. Um, and, yeah, I think I think it's a great setup for what comes next. Yeah, no, I, I great, like, everything's great so far yes and then then they meet again with the vice principal um and monk uh puts together that philby and um landau were having a sex affair um which monk doesn't say in this episode but that is he would say the phrase sex affair um at one point he does say yeah okay did you did you notice it like the pen yes i did yes he has a pen that says like uh what is it um, Modesto, Modesto in Modesto in and then uh, Landau has a flyer for it in her mailbox um, and so uh, you know this question because Monk's like were they you know involved you know uh, and Arlene was is surprised by this but you know I guess they were and well my question is sure. why the hell would she have a flyer for a hotel why would she give a school address you know the, that's a good question and I don't have an answer for it um <laughs> We call convenient for the plot. Uh, yeah, for sure. But anyway, that's it. Uh, yeah, but Monk needs to stay longer, and you know, influence some investigating, and somehow he gets the opportunity to sub for Miss Landau's class until they find a full time replacement. Yes, you have your uh, you're looking anticipation. I mean, okay, I don't know. I don't know if it matters. But at that same time, you find out that he is getting a promotion, so he's... Uh, right, 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 yeah, Derek Philby's leaving, school. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's leaving to go to another that school. That doesn't do anything, right? Not really, it's just another thing that makes it, the situation higher stakes for him, because he figures yeah, that, yeah. If he's ca- oh, that if he's caught if he's caught sleeping with a fellow teacher, uh, you know, in an adulterous affair, then he'll probably lose out on that job. Um, right. But, but yeah, okay. so Monk volunteers to be a substitute teacher, which is probably the worst idea that anyone's ever had. Until, of yes. course, we yes. get to the numerous other times that Monk goes undercover in this show. And they are just so bad. Every time it's bad. Um, he should not go undercover ever. <laughs> He's barely capable of being himself. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, Monk goes into the class and uh, he says that he's Mr. Monk. And he proceeds to spend, I don't know, five minutes writing his name on the board. Erasing regularly. Um, and before we get to what happens, or excuse me, what is thrown at him, um, do you have any stories of a substitute teacher not being, like, bad, but being, like, mentally unwell? Um, no, not really, because I didn't, I mean, okay, I don't know if this is a thing, it might be more relevant to, like, um, public school teachers, Mm -hmm. because I went to private school my whole life, so Mm. anytime there was a substitute teacher, it was always a teacher from the school. It was very rarely anyone from outside of the school. Public, I'm, 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 for the, first of all, congratulations, you're not weird, and I have long said 
that we should ban public private schools not because of the uh you know any other any like moral or political reasons but because private schools produce weird people like all not all weird people go to private schools but like 90 percent of people who go to private schools end up weird like yeah i I mean i I went from i went from like first grade all the way through high school yeah so congratulations you came out very normal uh, having gone to New York University, I met a lot of kids who went to private school at high school, and they were all a little bit, like, not so much weird as, like, just unaware of, like, 95% of things. Anyway, um, I asked that question because I'm a rude person and asked a question just because I wanted to tell a story of my own. That when I was in sixth grade, uh... There it is. I mean, I had a lot of weird or different or bad substitute teachers, like, because substitute teachers, in Florida at least, all I think you needed was, like, a bachelor's degree GD. and like a bachelor's degree and like you need to f- like get certified like for like a 10 minute like just a background check thing which for, which i think is a good thing for a lot you know for a lot of reasons because i knew a lot of uh a lot of them especially in high school were younger people who like you know needed to make ends meet or whatever or like in between jobs i think that that's you know fine yeah but i remember i don't remember her name but i remember in sixth grade for my uh little uh language arts class we had a substitute teacher who I had her sixth period and in the second period and the teacher's class who I was in second period for geography was called into her class to like calm the kids down and she was apparently freaking out and so I'm like okay they might gonna have someone else come in by the time I get there because apparently she had like a meltdown in uh (laughs) in second period but sure enough when I get there for sixth period she passes out worksheets for something we did like two days before and then proceeds to not say anything and then she sat for the first like 30 minutes of class like everyone was just talking yada 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 and you know how like uh on like bulletin boards in schools they have like the borders at like they're like fun borders on them yeah one of them was like peeling and she spent like 20 minutes trying to fix it not doing well because she was like a lady in her 50s and I, I don't know if she was shaking for nerves or some medical condition and then i have a distinct memory of her going over to the teacher's desk like turning backwards as to hoping no one was looking at her. I was looking at her because I was concerned and also, like, I'm going to have to remember this for memory someday. Uh, she took... And because you were too good for that class, right? You were too I mean, fucking I mean, good for it. I... No, not for that reason. Not that I wouldn't say that that's true. But, um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it defines too good. I mean, that that's really a... Anyway. I'm just messing I know, with you. I know you are. I'm, okay, trying, no, I'm trying to play along. I did, I did want to... No, I just want to I say... I want to point the, something out. Sure, no, I just want the most important okay, thing yeah, in the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, this is the big the detail that uh, she reached into her purse, pulled out a bottle of pills, put two in her hands, and swallowed them with the Pepsi she had in the middle of class. And I'm like, is anyone seeing this? This woman's having a mental breakdown. And then she started crying and not saying anything. And when class ended, no one oh said anything. God. And I'm like... I, so, long story short, I can feel... I understand how uncomfortable that class was. was, was. The story is not that good because it was mostly just watching a woman have a nervous breakdown for 50 minutes, but that's what it was. Okay. All right, well, let me tell you what I took away from this scene. Um, I cannot stand chalkboards. Yes. I was so relieved when I got to high school and we had dry erase boards because, my God, I just I hated having dust all over yeah. me, so I can totally empathize with, with Mom, Mr. Yes, because he gets, a, he gets a, a racer thrown at him. By a guy named Kyle is the important note. But yeah, chalkboards are terrible. Um, yeah. Did, they are. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, we both 
we both, I think yeah. we both were waiting for the other person to say something about chalkboards. I was thinking of a way to segue this to be to have share a thought about the uh, Nickelodeon original series Chalk Zone, which I have a lot of problems with. But uh, I I blogged about it when I was fourteen. You can find it if you Google hard enough. Um, Geo Cities. Uh, uh, Andre, just because you're old doesn't mean I'm that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Geo Geo Cities well, really? You weren't even old when you were fourteen. They Geo Cities. Okay. But also, um, speaking of old, Jesus, these high school students look like they're like 25. That was a note I had. They, it's, it can't be that hard. Do you know how many theater kids I went to high school with in a public school that didn't have a good arts program that would have been delighted to be extras in a high school scene? Oh my god. It was like, it's distracting a little bit. So... Monk is, you know, has the track dust on his back, and he's completely catatonic. In an image that's actually not funny, and I think it's trying to be played for laughs, but it's like he's having a full mental breakdown in his head. Um, and Sharon yep. is walking by, and she sees, and she goes in, and she confronts Kyle. And she overshares. I think this is the first thing we need to talk about. There's two things we need to talk about here. First thing is her oversharing about her husband, which I think is hilarious, but it's also really inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, oh my god, yeah. She basically just divulges that she was married for three and a half years and got cucked by some guy who went to Bally's, which I'm no. assuming is not the fitness club no, 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 no. of the well, hotel. She, she get, well, she didn't get cucked. She didn't get cucked. Uh, she, uh, she, her husband cheated on her, which I don't believe it's if you're a woman, I don't think you can get cucked. Maybe you can. I don't know. I'll, you know, also, no, you can. That should be the gender. I don't know. I, I've never heard it used that way. However, I am thinking now, in 2020, okay. our vision for gender equality should be that we should be allowed to use the word cucked for both genders. No, no, okay, no, but the thing is, like, okay, cuck now is a very different thing from what it actually is. Being cucked just means to be cheated on. That's all Well, that no, means. what it actually means is that you want it to happen and you enjoy it. Like, it, it doesn't, it's not actually No, just, no. That's not what that's it That's a new version That's a new of version that. of it? No, that's well, a new. In, in any Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to be... That's cuck talk. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me just... Is the husband of an adulterous wife. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's what it says. It's a, uh, Bam! No, well, I mean, that's, yeah, I guess that doesn't fully make sense with the wife thing. But it. But once again, maybe we should be working in 2020 so that all genders can get cuckolded. Anyway. Um, yep. <laughs> this is great. I love this podcast. I love... Uh, this is great. I apologize to all of my family members, ex- family friends, and parents' friends that are listening to this. But if I'm being frank, like, this is just... This is who I am. I'm not... <laughs> In any event, uh, so she overshares that, and then she steps on his foot, which this kid's a dickhead, but, like, you, she is assaulting a minor. Like, that, (laughs) there's no offense or buts about that. No, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and then she makes an excuse that she can't get in trouble because she's not actually, uh, you know, with the school. Like, okay, but you can get your ass sued. Yeah. For sure. I, I, I can't imagine. Now, I, you know, imagine that my school security was stricter than yours. So, like, there was never really, there were never any adults on campus without, like, explicit permission of why they were there. Um, and, like, they couldn't just walk in classes willy-nilly. I mean, they, some of them could. Correct. Like, there definitely was, a, there was definitely some people who would be at, like, the cafeteria, like, recruiting for youth groups at churches, which is a whole other issue given that much public school. But anyway, those were really the only people who could roam around willy-nilly. If a woman who is not part of school staff went into a classroom and assaulted a student, that would be a nuclear meltdown at the school. Like, that would be... Yep. Monk and Sharona would both be banned from the school. Like, th- I think, obviously, part of it's avoided because the kid's dad is the gym teacher, but if the kid's dad wasn't an employee, the type of parent that sends their kid to that school is going to make 
well, the vice principal's definitely resigning for letting Trona be on campus. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... It... Yeah, I know. School is getting sued. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yes. So, and then, so, like, right after that, like, the, the bell cuts. And I don't know if we caught this scene, like... In, in media rest, I believe so. Yes, I think that he probably okay, entered the class. Okay, I was gonna there. say, I was gonna say it's like the shortest freaking period yes. of all time. I think you have to be, you know, I, I think you have to think that. And then anyway, we go to the lunchroom, which uh, you know, um, kind of weird that Monk didn't bring his lunch. He he knew that he was gonna be uh, like he, he knew he wasn't gonna want to eat any stuff at the cafeteria. Um, yeah. But um, then Monk sees, you know. A, popular girl and says to Shrona, like, oh, I bet that was you. And then uh, Shrona asks, where were you? And Monk points to a, a nerdy kid wearing a suit and tie getting bullied. And there's one of my favorite lines in all Monk. Uh, what is What does Monk want to go over and say to the kid? That it'll get worse? Things get worse. <laughs> Things get worse. Yeah, I did laugh when that happened. Oh, God, Monk. So, but anyways, like, yeah, so like, so yeah, they go to that and then you know, Monk refuses all the food because it's disgusting. And mm-hmm. then so they start walking around to, like, I guess, look for some place to eat. Yeah. And they come across, they, they, they eavesdrop on this kid complaining about how his dad is going to be pissed if he gets anything less than a 1550, which is incredibly difficult to do. I don't care what school you go to. Wait, let me see when, right. the, when the, let me see when the 2400 SATs, uh, um. That wasn't a 2400 for sure, because I was in high school when Monk was on and it was 1600. Okay. So, what what years was interesting? Yeah, two it was two thousand five to uh, two thousand and uh, really it was, yeah started in two thousand five. So wait, so he was a fifty five dude. I took my I took my SATs in two thousand four, so I was literally yeah. the last one that had sixteen hundred. I Damn, also so okay God. out of sixteen hundred, I thought I'd be on the SATs, and I a fifteen. That's crazy to expect someone to get that. I knew people who got that on the 2400 and are not dumb people. <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. I, yeah, anyway, so. I, whatever, I like, the, I like the ACT better, anyway. I never took that. So then, so he, he goes over to that kid who's talking about his SAT score or whatever, and he asks him, like, oh, was he in the class with, uh, who was proctoring his exam? And he tells mm-hmm. him it was Derek Philby. And he asked him, like, oh, what was his reaction to, like, you know, hearing the body go off? And the kid tells him, no reaction whatsoever. Cool and the thing I like about that is that it's not like they just have an epiphany because it'd be like, okay, how would they remember that? I like how the girl says, we were just talking about this earlier. He didn't react at all. Like, that it's a thing that even the students noticed, how that it was kind of weird. Yeah. Because you, sure. you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't. And, like, and you see, and you see. And you see, like, when the thing goes off, you kind of see him just, like... Yeah, he's reading newspaper. ...slowly look to the side. But that's it. But, like, he's very, like, chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Phil becomes by, you know, and he uh, kind of taunted Monk eating an apple. You know, you know how you can eat an apple in such a way that uh, you are taunting someone? And, you know, Sharona basically yeah. is, like, he's... Monk's better at his first job, uh, you know, being a detective and catching... Excuse me, catching murderers, I believe the line is. So he's a little worried. Yes. And then, yeah, so we follow, yeah, him. we follow Philby and he's, he's about to, he's getting picked up by his wife, but the groundskeeper stops him and the groundskeeper's basically like, Hey, uh, I, I lied to the police about what I saw, you know, uh, and I, if you want me to keep my mouth shut, it's going to cost you $10,000. Now I have a quick question. What do you think he lost that money on? Because this episode aired on June 20th, uh, 
June 20th, 2003. And I'm wondering, do you think that he, like, took the Nets to win the finals that year or something like that and put $10,000 on it? Well, I'll tell you what. Michigan wasn't playing anything at that point. I mean, unless he's based on college baseball, in which case, he is a degenerate. That's real degenerate shit. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, no. That's the only thing. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, what the hell is he betting that's, on? I, I didn't love, know it was in June, but it was I love, clearly like summertime. I, there's nothing I love more than examples. And this is not a fun thing to love. But like when you hear examples of like true degenerate gambling, <laughs> like someone who's like, I think that the Levitar joke. Gambling on Indonesian yeah. or something. <laughs> or like uh, the Levitar show has a joke where Stu Gatz says that like, you know you're a really degenerate gambler if you can name like the whole roster of Hawaii's football team because you're always chasing. <laughs> Like that's oh real, <laughs> real degenerate stuff. Um, but yeah, so yeah. he's betting on always, college. Always ten k. He's betting on college baseball. Wow, Howard Ratner would be proud. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, Philby's basically like, yeah, I'll pay the ten thousand um, dollars. And but we know that's yeah, not he's not gonna pay ten thousand dollars. Um, and then we cut to uh, Monk and Sharona looking at a mural. Yada yada yada. They meet the gym teacher. And the gym teacher is, uh, you know, a colleague. David Rash. Yes. Another that guy. My guy from Succession. He's in everything. Uh, and yeah. he accosts Sharona. And Monk, they don't point out in the episode. But he stands up. He's a, he's a man in the scene. He's basically like, if you have a problem with her, you have a problem with me. And, you know, good for Monk. Good, you know, for uh, not letting Sharona take the brunt of that. Because, you know. And he's saying this to a man who's, like, grabbing his his you know stuff mm-hmm. the whole time just rubbing it very disturbing yeah and so of course he starts trying to like touch them and of course monk starts recoiling because i mean i you know i don't want any man i, I don't want him to be touching me with his ball hands mm. That's terrible. it is and uh yeah there's some freudian stuff to say about uh threatening gym teacher always touching his balls but that's for uh another podcast but and then, you know, he's threatening Monk. He's going to fight him. But then, like, some students come by. And then he says to Monk that uh, when you least expect me, expect me. Um, which Monk cannot make sense uh-huh. of. Uh, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, when you course. least expect me, expect me. Um, and he keeps calling after him to explain why. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to tonight. And a window opens. And we see uh, Derek Philby laying a trap for the groundskeeper were basically now did you follow what the what the like the rig was yeah so like he 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 started turning on all the gas well no he turned on the gas in the fireplace um and he kept the flume closed and then he okay what's a flume that is or excuse me the flu uh, it's the thing, uh, that lets, basically you could, if you keep it, if it's open, then the air goes out, but if it's closed, cause obviously if it, oh, if it was always open in inside of a fireplace, exactly. If it was always open, then you would, you know, be cold all the time. Uh, so if it's, you keep it yeah. closed normally and then he sets up a match to match. This is, I saw this episode the first time when I was like eight or nine. And then this has been something that I've been thinking about. Like if you ever, if you like needed me to kill someone, I probably would do it this way. Um, where he t- tapes two matches to the bottom of a door and puts, like, the match, the light, whatever it's called, the thing you strike it on, the striker, on the floor, too. And so when he opens the door, it will go off, which is just, like, chef's kiss. 
Great chemistry teacher. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes, that's a great, great idea. But, like, wouldn't you see the fucking that? Wouldn't you see that when you go to the apartment the next day? Or uh, no, if the explosion... Because the whole... Shit? It would all would... Uh, the str- I don't know. I'm not sure. Because it looks like a pretty big explosion. There was stuff intact. Sure. There was stuff intact. It's hard to say. I don't know. The matches definitely would be burnt up because they're made out of wood. Yeah. I'm not sure about the strip. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think... But he- but he also didn't didn't he take those two matches and put them next to like the fire to make it look like he was like yes fire? exactly yeah, yeah yeah I don't know why he did that if the match I, I don't know the, I think that it was uh you know a good idea I wasn't fully executed I think generally speaking if not for uh some of the inconsistencies like the air conditioning and all that um yeah and it, if it wasn't the coincidence of two deaths from the same school in like a week I think he probably gotten away with it. Um, and the thing is, if it wasn't yeah. for the movie happens later, Philby never would have been implicated. So, like, even if they know it was a murder, Philby, you know, has no, uh, blood on his hands. Um, yeah. and so then we, uh, yeah, they're investigating and Monk determines it's a murder. He knocks out a window, yada, yada, yada. Um, then there's the diorama scene, which, uh, has a phrase that I think about a lot, which is, uh, Sherman Army, Sherman's March, Sherman Tank. Um... Because this Kyle kid has tanks on his diorama for the Red Badge of Courage, which is when I bring up the fact that this English class seems to be operating a lot more like a history class than an English class, especially like on the yeah. back wall, there's like presidents yeah. and shit like that. Um, not yeah. that, you know, if you read a historical novel, you don't dive into that stuff, but it's like, you, like, I read Red Badge of Courage, and one, it's really short, so it took like a week, and, and I went to public school, yeah. which, you know, was mostly dumb. Um, but two, we didn't do that. Any event, yes. What did you make of the Sherman March and the Sherman Tank? Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I learned my history from movies, so I know from Wild Wild West there were tanks during uh, this time. No, there weren't. That is a fact. No, there weren't. I know. He didn't invent the tanks until that. after the. Actually, well, no, he did technically, because there is that one massacre that you see at the beginning of the movie. Well, you see the flashback of. Yes. That he did use a tank. You're right. You're yes. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I apologize. Um, Thank you. Wiki Wiki Wild. Um, Dr. Loveless. Oh, I was going to look up his name, but Dr. Loveless. Um, yeah, that man is, uh, he's, 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 he's just half evil. Um, and anyway, yep. he's always coming up short. Um, he doesn't have a leg to stand on. Okay. Um, sorry. I th- I'm trying to think, of, half of those are probably used in the actual movie. Uh, if you haven't watched Wild... No, they were. They yeah, were. I was just... Yeah. He does I know that. he does. I was just trying to... I, I don't remember any of that off the top of my head. I was trying to think of ones that would be in that. Also, sidebar, you know who's in Wild Wild West... Ted Levine. Uh, who? Ted Levine's in it. Oh my god, that's right. He plays like the oh my, the, okay, the general well. who has like the gramophone thing in his ear that he dumps like liquid out of. Yes. Yeah, it's gross. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think wow. it's like General Blood and Guts or something like that. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But so okay, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but yeah, that was one of the big clues is that. Um, it was warm that night that mm-hmm. the guy blew himself up, mm-hmm. and the air conditioning was still on. So that's yes. how we know this was not yeah. Uh, yeah. an accident. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, the diorama happens. And then, uh, finally, Stoudemire and Disher go to Beth Landau's apartment, which my note was, shouldn't have done that way earlier? Like, I understand that it seemed like an open and shut suicide, but don't they normally send at least, a, maybe at least like a, yes. a uniform there, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, not only that, but her apartment is amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. That must be a really nice school. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, be. it looks like a really nice school, so I, <laughs> you know, I still don't think she's probably making that money, but still, uh, maybe she has a rich family. Um, you really never know. 
but I'm so ha- I'm proud in this scene because I'm proud that Disher found a clue. I don't know if you noticed that, but Disher found a clue in the scene. Yes. He realized that she had yeah. strong prescription sunglasses, which this and the pregnancy that we learn about later are like, do they not just not do medical examinations? Actually, I guess they don't do. No, you, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't, I don't think. I think if they rule out a suicide, I don't think they would now that I'm thinking about it. Because I think that if it's not ruled a homicide, I think the family needs to get permission in order to do an autopsy. I'm not sure, though. It has to be. Because, yeah, th- then they would find out that she died before yeah. she went off. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I was going to say, like, didn't they do an autopsy? Yeah. Be like, no, I remember because in a lot of shows they bring up the fact that, like, you can't do an autopsy unless it's ruled a murder. Um, or if the family gives permission. Um, so what's up with that family? They don't, you know, they're immediately just like, yep, she killed herself. She was sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, wrap it up. Yeah, wrap it up. Put it, put a uh, lighter, lighter up. She got cremated. That's not insensitive. Um, and so yeah, they realize that they need to find glasses. Um, and then we cut back to the school where Monk is at Trudy's tree, um, where she apparently wrote poetry and other things like that. Wait, no, oh. but we skipped that the the new Benji, new Benji. No, it's the same Benji. Also, it's also that is it. Also, the dinner scene is after this scene I'm talking about. Um, it's the same Benji. I think I'm I'm only ninety percent sure. No, I don't know, man. He looks way different. It actually and might. And I also found out that he, I also found out that he used he ends up becoming. Like oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It is. Sorry. What, what did you say it was? You're right. He, he is ends up becoming one. like the drum. He's like the drummer for Portugal the Man for like a, a number of years later. Good. Good for him. Um, yeah. yeah. K- Kane Rashad is the, his actor's name. They all looked. I'm. I, they just looked the same to me, honestly. Like, I can tell people, most actors apart, except for Benji's, they're all, they all blend together. Um, but anyway, that happens afterwards. First, the gym teacher comes and is ready to fight Monk. And I love the Monk. He's like, he's right. I didn't expect him. <laughs> yeah, he got him. And so they run away um, and hide. And then, yes, they're at dinner at Sharona's um, where, you know, there's the new Benji and... I think that annoyed me here is that Monk is separating right. his food, and Sharona's like, do you want separate plates? And it's like, Sharona, you've been his nurse for like three years. You know damn well he wants separate plates. Why do you not serve him separate plates to begin with? Yeah. That's like, the, the one of the top ten things to know about Monk is he likes his food separate. Um, but uh, Not a bad Sharona episode for me, though. Not a no, bad she's, she's pretty good. Um, and then uh, Benji basically is like, you know, gives him the whole, like, you told me that I had to stand up to a bully or else I keep running. So he gives him a pep talk, yada, yada, yada. Honestly, pretty predictable stuff. But Sharona mentions that she has a friend of a friend who knows a friend who works in the office of the doctor that Beth Landau was going to see. Mm-hmm. And she pulled her file, and she's pregnant. And that's what I'm talking about this, that in a lot of, sh- in a lot of things, we j- I joke a lot about HIPAA violations. You know, I think that they're kind of overblown when people talk about them. Like when sports writers talk about how like someone tests positive for coronavirus and there's people in their mentions being like, that's a HIPAA violation. That's stupid. This is actually a serious HIPAA violation. Like, that is a serious HIPAA yes. violation. <laughs> yeah, because it's two people. It's not just one person medical. It, and the fact that, a couple things. It's because, too, that this is someone who Sharona doesn't directly know is willing to provide information to someone who is not a police officer about someone who is not oh, ruled yes. a murder victim. Like, and, That's, and yeah, there's... No. There's like I can't think of a single medical issue that is more private and sensitive than a woman being pregnant. Like it is egregious. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. And like they didn't actually no. need to know this in order to solve the case. No, that's true. 
but I'm glad. I'm glad they did. Yeah, believe me. I, fuck HIPAA. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, HIPAA is very good. Although, as I've you know had to say on the internet multiple times, it only is if a medical professional releases the information. Uh, uh, if I if I hear if I overhear you telling someone that you have tuberculosis and then I tweet you have tuberculosis, that is not a HIPAA violation, even though Twitter might make you think it is. Um, anyway, true. We cut to so, yeah. but Monk Monk knows Monk knows it's 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 uh it's filled these kids mm-hmm, exactly for sure. Yes, um, it's you know because she I mean she's an English teacher she's not sleeping around. That's not uh, that's not a stereotype. Hey, it might be. Um, <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Um. I'm trying to think. I don't think any of the English, teacher, English teachers I've ever had were sleeping around. If you're an English teacher, mind you. Actually. Oh, go. My high school, um, my junior, no, senior year uh, teacher, she was actually, yeah, having an affair on her husband with our media teacher. Yeah. Okay, so this episode has this, there you this go. episode has this plot and you didn't lead with that? I assume you don't have. Honestly, I didn't even. Th- I didn't even think do you about not have it. A, do, no, do I assume based on the way you described it, you don't have juicy deets, which is fine. You're, you know, a responsible person, but. Uh no. Well, they were like they were definitely like doing it on campus, uh, and like yep. apparently they were they yeah. were caught, and she was trying to get him to leave his wife, and yeah, it didn't work out. Great stuff. Thank you so much for that. Um, it helped. It helped a lot that she was really mean to me my senior year. She would always make fun of me for being a bench warmer for the baseball wow. team. Uh, well, who's who's laughing now? I don't know. I we don't know what her life situation is, so I can't, in good in good conscience, say uh, that you're laughing now. But you are. I mean, you're doing well. You're th- you're thriving. Um, she doesn't. I'm here. Am she, I not? Yeah, she doesn't. I'm watching more. Exactly. She doesn't co-host. Uh, acclaimed by the five or six people who regularly listen to a podcast. No, I'm kidding. More than five or six people listen. But uh, yeah, the only thing that ever happened like that in my high school was, and this happened before I got there. Um, well, I'm before, but um, the. Uh, athletic director was married to one of the gym teachers who and it seemed like a relatively age-appropriate relationship they probably had like eight years apart but what i learned during my freshman year was that he was her teacher and they got married like a year after she graduated (laughs) uh so yikes um so yeah we cut uh all juicy stuff and i appreciate that um if you guys have any juicy deets about honestly anything, my DMs are open. This is nothing with Monk. If you just got juicy gossip that you need to share with someone, uh, at the J. Christie DMs open. So we go to uh, Mr. Philby's class, and I'll be honest with you, he seems like a dope science teacher. He's doing an experiment with liquid nitrogen. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he basically puts the tennis ball in there, and it breaks because it gets frozen. Um, great stuff. Uh, I had a I had a great chemistry teacher. Shouts to Mr. I. I don't think he killed anyone. Um, Although you never can know with anyone, he was a great guy. But you really never can go. You never can know. I don't trust anyone from Florida except for you. I don't think he was from Florida. Most people in my town were not from Florida. That has lived in Florida. Uh, that's really rude. Except for you. That's really rude. And I'll be honest with you, like, come that, on, that is, it, it doesn't make and your parents. it doesn't make me feel any better that you say except for me. Like, cause it's like oh, people I love also apply. <laughs> Anyway, I just and your family. Okay, okay, fine. All right. I'll, I, I'm not gonna keep going down this road because there's some people that you're gonna say you you don't trust that I think you probably should trust. Like Pitbull. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, he does that experiment and um, he basically has uh, a conversation with um Derek where he reveals to him that like he knows he did it and that Beth was pregnant. And that he had a lot on the line. And um, 
Philby has kind of a monologue, a great, I think, villain monologue that is... A little on the nose. It's, but the it's great, though. I think it's like, I really, one of my faults, probably, in terms of being a critic of art, is that, like, so, I if you were unsubtle, I couldn't mind the least. It's like, I, it's, it's a procedural show, but there's 42 minutes, I don't care. Like, the, 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 the fact that he's framed in a shot where you see him through a snake... Uh, it, like enclosure is just like they, that's great. <laughs> like, yeah. The no, the only thing that's the only thing that's too unsubtle for me is the rat at the end of the Departed, and even then, I really don't hate it. Um, <laughs> same, same. I, I don't hate it. It's, it. it's like it's fine. Um, uh, but no. So yeah, he basically like you can't be in two places at once. Um, because and I lo- I really do like the example of because you know monks basically like you had this reason to kill her, this reason to kill her, this reason to kill her, and he's like, there's this rat and the snake and. If the rat was missing, you would think that Snake killed it because the snake is hungry, and that makes sense. Snakes try to kill rats. But the snake couldn't have because he's in an enclosure. So you can say all you want that there's a lot of reasons for the snake to eat the rat, but or it was a mouse, whatever. Um, yeah, but I think it was actually a rat. But it couldn't have. And I think that that is... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's really on the nose, but like, you know, that's the stuff you expect in like a mystery novel. Where the bad guy is basically like taunting the detective for not being able to solve it. No, for sure, and it would be super cool if it not for the fact that he actually did kill her, mm-hmm. and he was in the same room as her. He just like made it seem like it was a bit later. Mm-hmm. Just... By the way, I just want to point out that I did mix up some scenes. It's uh, I misread my notes that this first conversation he has with him um, is not the one where he does like the Showtime thing with the tennis ball, but it doesn't actually matter in any event. Um, yeah. Uh, so they go up to the clock tower again, um, and are, uh, you know, looking for her glasses and Monk is really frustrated and, uh, I really do like that Monk is like, you know, how he kind of has a moment where he's like, he's going to get away with it. Like he really is distraught about mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And then when they go down the stairs, Sharona, see everyone's get everyone catching clues in this one. Sharona notices something. Uh, under Fisher, the gears earlier. Yes, under the gears, a pair of glasses. Oh, ooh, ooh. anyway, great stuff. Uh, Very sloppy on his part, not to notice, yes. like not to like look for that. Now, in fairness to him, caveats aside, saying in fairness to a murderer, he had was on a very, very, very tight clock. So tight schedule. Yeah, yeah. pun intended with the clock. And so. Mm. They get that, and that's, like, the one clue they need. And I love Monk. When Monk needs to be coy, he can pull it off. When he knows he has all the cards, uh-huh. where he's basically, he sets a trap for him, and it's like, there are going to be yep. 200 units looking for the glasses, and we'll find them, and we'll know where she actually was killed. And I really like the way the shot's framed, because Monk can't, because Philby's not showing his face to Monk, so you can see how he's actually processing all that stuff in real time. Uh, it's like a one shot. I think that yeah. that's um, in a lot of ways like the way that TV's directed generally, especially when it's not a high budget, it can like kind of cut corners and do a lot of two shots where it's basically two shots of the same, like not actually doing different coverage or whatever. But I think that that actually can help where it's like it's just the one one angle um, that looks really it's it good good acting by Andrew McCarthy. Um, you know, uh, I think he probably got unfairly maligned um, because of uh, Weekend at Bernie's, um, but uh, in any event. Um, so, I think Less Than Zero did it, but yeah, let's move that's on. That's true. Never seen Less Than Zero. Not 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 a cultural touchstone like Weekend at Birdies. Um, 
because no one's no one's doing a dance called like the zero. Um, in any event, we so we set the trap. We set the trap, and Philby goes and grabs the glasses from the clock room, and when he leaves the clock tower, he is confronted by the police. And uh, Andre, you know what I'm gonna ask you, because Philby's like, you have no proof that I did anything. So what happened? So, uh, like you mentioned earlier, he had a very tight schedule. Um, he never had plans on telling, you know, his wife about the affair. So he knew he had to get rid of her, obviously. So it just and he, and he mentions it early in the beginning of the episode. He says, "Meet me at our usual place mm-hmm. uh, at eight o'clock," you know, for whatever. And he'll tell her all about how the conversation went. So he meets her in the clock tower. Um, he kills her first there mm-hmm. uh, with a, like a some sort of log mm-hmm. or something. Takes the body down back into the clock room, opens up the clock face, puts her body on top of the minute hand mm-hmm. while it's flat. Mm-hmm. I want to say at the 15. Correct. And and so then he takes off from there to make it to the SAT, which very convenient that the SAT was being at at 820 mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So he runs to the he runs to the room, and by the time it's 8:25, the minute hand has like you know been at an angle, so it would fall off, mm-hmm. and so that would that's what makes it look like suicide. Now I'll let you know that there's some controversy about this in my life because when I ranked the top 20 smartest murderers in Monk, I put this at number one, and there's one that that, that was definitely up with my heart pick because as two people who now actually co-host an incredibly popular podcast. We're both comedians who <laughs> host a very popular podcast when I went to college with. Um, I'm not going to name drop, but uh, they both took issue with the fact that I didn't put another episode in season four at number one. And in hindsight, I probably should have. But I still think that this is one of the smartest murders. I mean, it's... I love the way Tony Shalhoub has a line where he says, this was inspired, which is really an inspired way to kill someone. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was definitely what one of the better kills that I can think yes. of. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's definitely the most creative kill thus far. Um, I think that, because I think that they start to try to be more and more creative with the kills, which I like almost all the entire time. Well, there's one that I think is way over the top, which kind of jumps the shark. But I generally don't mind elaborate kills, because it's like, this isn't a show about, this isn't Law and Order, where like the murders are supposed to be ripped from the headlines normal. Like, this, these are supposed to be kind of heightened, you know? Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just love how, you know, the way that they know he did it is because... The killer will be the only person to know to look under the gearbox in the clock tower. Right. Now, it is yeah. worth noting, there is no way in hell this is holding up in court. There's no jury is going to convict someone on he knew where to look for the glasses. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I did think about that. Absolutely. And not only that, but because, like, it was premeditated, mm-hmm. you know? So that's first degree murder right there. Yeah. And on top of that, she was pregnant. They're throwing the book Well, no, I, they probably can't get... The, uh, I actually no, they have the doctor's records. They'd have to subpoena them. I don't know. Um, but they probably go for murder too, because murder won't be kind of hard to get without a lot of the evidence. But I also don't know anything about. Uh, they would law. have to prove that he knew that she was pregnant. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think. We, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't be worth it. I mean, it's a. I mean, we saw in uh, a little case, uh, a little Florida case called Casey Anthony about what happens when you try to go for too high of a charge. Um, but I've been in that I've been in that courtroom before. Fun stuff when I did mock trial uh, in the Orange County Courthouse. Weird, weird place. Um, uh, anyway, it's like the tallest building in like all of Orlando, which says all you need to know about Florida. That the the, the courthouse is twenty five stories tall. 
Um, so yeah, that's uh, that. You know, that's how they catch him, and then the denouement of the episode or the denouement, you know, if we're being fancy, uh, is you know, Tr- uh, Shrona's talking to Arlene about you know Trudy yada yada yada, and then Monk is by Trudy's tree having a moment with her, and uh, music sad end of episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a great episode. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this episode. It's one of my favorites. Uh, like I said, um, uh, just one note I noticed that I hadn't didn't say is that early in the episode, Arlene mentions that they were like her and Trudy were like sisters, and then a few sentences later talks about how she's sorry she couldn't make it to the wedding. I'm sorry if you. Yeah. There's no one in my life. Okay, like in high school, uh, my twin brother and I basically had the same best friend, right? And he was over our house all the time. His name's Skyler. Love you, Skyler. Uh, and. My mom would regularly call him her fourth son. You know, we would all hang out, and he was like a brother to me in high school. Not still that case. You know, we don't hang out that much. But he is absolutely going to be at my wedding whenever it happens, and vice versa. Like, anyone you would ever describe that way, you can't be like, I I know we were like sisters, but also I couldn't make it to the wedding. Like, fuck off. Um, Yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah, I love this episode. Uh, I'm just going to say before you say it, uh, I gave this episode a 9.5. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, oh my I'm sorry. God. I love it. I mean, okay. You know why I say that? Because if my favorite episode will be a 10, then I would say that, like, I'll probably put, like, two or three episodes at 10s, and then, like, five or six at 9.5s is probably, you know what I mean? Like, I, also, I've said this many times. I don't like doing things in a rating system because I am yeah. not consistent. I, I, yeah. it's, I just, it, it's, in the same way that Monk, like, can't choose what seat to sit in, I feel the way about ratings, where it's like, I just don't. I can rank things. It's easier because I can't compare. Do I like this more than I like this? But like an arbitrary, like what is this out of ten? Like who the hell knows? Anyway, Andre, what's yours? Uh, I gave it an eight. I mean, it's perf- I gave perfectly it an respectful. I can't put it. I can't put that's it there with the asylum. I can't. That's put it fine. With the asylum, I, I believe me, it's all personal preference, and uh, that's the great thing about uh, television. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it's. Uh, I, I think that this episode though is like this. This episode feels a lot more like the other monk episodes that I love. Like it kind of gets more. Um, they start to know it works more, um, which is exciting. And um, yeah, now uh, you can follow the show at, at Strictly Monkin on Twitter. Um, please tweet at us um, and follow us. Retweet the tweets. Share this. Seriously, share the show with people and the people who, if they're if if you're a real monkhead, you there's someone in your life you've been trying to get into monk. And if they like listening to two people talk about stuff on podcasts, if, if, if you have a friend in your life who's a big podcast fan and you want to get into Monk, just say, like, hey, I know these people who do a podcast about Monk. You could listen along because we're not spoiling anything. Um, there'll be nothing to make me happier than if at the end of this I hear from someone who says that they watched all 20, 125 mm-hmm. along with us. That would bring a genuine tear to my eye. So, yeah, if you could. Uh, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jake Christie and uh, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Leave, if you leave a review, make sure it's nice. Um, and uh, I'm not going to be rereading them because I read reviews for the first podcast I did, Sorted History, and there is one that uh, stays in my head. Um, Andre, what do you say? No, I'm just curious. I just, I'm just trying to compare notes with someone else that I've you know, heard, I know, uh, who said that I don't have the qualities that make someone a person. Would you say that that's true about me? Oh my god. Uh no, no, not at all. Uh this is well, I guess I'm assuming 
the person who said this, you took down their like. I I don't remember because there was at the time there were two one star reviews. One was Manaby about at me about saying Mel Gibson was a Holocaust denier and basically saying like no, his dad was just a Holocaust denier. He Mel Gibson about who a Holocaust denier Mel Gibson. Oh God! Okay, yeah. yeah, duh. Like Mel Gibson, and basically, what we're trying to say is that Mel Gibson isn't a Holocaust denier. Yes, he does say he hates Jews, but he doesn't deny the Holocaust. It's like that's those are hairs that okay. you shouldn't feel comfortable splitting. Um, and I, I, I think the other one was basically like the guy was complete. The reason he said I didn't have the qualities to make someone a person is that like I wasn't giving people the benefit of the doubt or something like that, which is like one fair, but two also there are a lot of qualities to make someone a person, and uh, I have at least three of them. But anyway, uh, yeah, please leave a nice review, and if, even if you do, don't do any of that. Tune in next week. Andre, this is a big one for you. And this is not the... I'm feeling spicy. What? I'm feeling spicy. Exactly. I'm feeling spicy. This one is, is big for you, um, you know, because... Uh, I mean, it's... It, I, I feel bad about saying that, because when I say what it is, I won't be able to explain. Because I'm Mexican, Yeah, because you're Mexican. Baby, yeah, because you're Mexican. Like, because it's like, this feels reductive, but it's also like, you are Mexican. As long as I you say are, it. The thing is, like, you are Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it was Mr. Monk goes to Florida, yeah. it would be like, yeah. Anyway, you know what it is. Tune in next week. Mr. Monk goes to Mexico. Let's get monkey.